and welcome to Real Relationship Talk, the podcast, hosted by Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach. Now, this podcast delivers open, non-judgmental, heart-to-heart conversations about love, self-love, self-care, dating, and relationships. Using her known and proven four-part methodology, Teresha has shown hundreds of women over the years how to find a deeper understanding of themselves to set themselves up for relationship success. Because she truly believes that every woman deserves to successfully experience love, connection, deep fulfillment and self-validation in every single one of their achievements. So enjoy, take notes and get ready to apply all key messages you learn today. Hello and welcome to Real Relationship Talk, the podcast hosted by yours truly, Teresha Young, Relationship Master Coach. And this is where we have open, non-judgmental, heart-to-heart conversations about love, self-love, dating and relationships. And for today's episode, I have been joined by the wonderful Lillian Lati. Hello, Lillian. Hello. (laughs) How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Awesome. awesome. Now, Lillian is a wellness coach, consultant and a de-stress expert. And she specializes in stress, burnout, well-being and work-life balance. She helps professional and businesswomen to reduce stress, regain calm and energy and prevent burnout so that they feel calm and balanced in life and work. Now, Lillian has experience in the industry stretching over 20 years. Wowza. <laughs> wowza, wowza. So Lillian, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. And thank, thank you, for your, your magic with us all. So please, can you tell us a bit more about who you are, what you do, and some of the key highlights of your life journey and career path so far that led you to becoming the person and the expert that you are? Wow. Um, okay, so I, I need to, to go back 20 years or more. <laughs> <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> so as you said, um, I'm a wellness coach, a consultant and de-stress expert. And what brought me to this position and the work that I do now, um, I would say largely is to do with my own personal experience of health and well-being. Um, I started off in the industry teaching exercise classes. I remember going to the gym and in a class, I was just watching the instructor teaching the class and I thought, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I just felt this inspiration of wanting to teach exercise. And I was always someone when I was young, always I needed to move my body. So I went on, got the qualifications that I needed. And um, and yeah, it, it's been a fun journey um, teaching classes like um, cycle, uh, aqua classes, body conditioning classes, spin, all high, what we call high impact classes. So it's the go, 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 feel the burn type of classes. Those were the classes that I taught in um, health clubs and gyms throughout London. And I also had a number of personal training clients and um, they were highly stressed people. You know, they were successful in their fields, like CEOs I was training, um, owners of businesses, uh, managers, all sorts of people. And I also qualified as a massage therapist, a remedial massage therapist. So I was always helping my clients to not only de-stress, but also to help them with injuries. And I really, really love the human body. So I, gosh, I did that for a a number of years and I really loved what I was doing. But the only thing I found was that I was working 12 plus hour days. Now, maybe your audience might be able to relate to this if they're self-employed or they're freelancers or they work in that sort of capacity that when you're the breadwinner, so to speak, and you've got to keep a roof over your head and keep things going, you know, it's, it, it can be pretty tough sometimes. 
But at the same time, I enjoyed what I was doing, but it felt like I was on that hamster wheel. I kept going, kept going. And it was like, okay, when am I going to have a holiday? If I have a holiday, then the income stops. Okay. So how do I get help? But at the time when I was doing the work I was doing, there wasn't as such any avenue to delegate what I was doing per se. I couldn't, you know, miraculously create another me to take over whilst I went on holiday. (laughs) The most we could do in the work that we did was get cover for our classes, cover for my massage clinics. I was running three busy massage clinics in London. But the thing is, whenever I would say I'm going on holiday, my clients would instantly say, right, I'm going to wait till you come back. They They didn't want cover. They weren't interested at all. So it was a bit of a problem. But anyway, Um, I carried on this way, working 12 plus hour days. And then eventually um, I noticed that my energy levels started to go down. Um, It was a lot more harder to get up in the mornings, to go and teach the classes, to attend to my clients. Because, you know, I was teaching classes as early as 7, 6.30 a.m. in the morning, seeing clients that time as well. And then going on to either seeing clients in my massage clinics or going on to do more classes, et cetera. So it was kind of unusual for me because I never had a problem with energy. But then the more that it crept in, the more I was starting to get concerned. And then I would have sort of memories of what people would say earlier on in my industry. They would say, be careful, you don't burn out. And at that time, I was like, well, what's burnout? And they were saying, just be careful you don't overdo it with too many classes. That's all they said. I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing too many classes, so there's no chance of that happening to me. And I thought, well, I'm young, I'm invincible, I'm strong, I'm fit, I go to the gym, I exercise. You know, I've no concern about burnout. But then the more that this, you know, this sort of downward spiral started happening to me, the more I was sort of, it was sort of creeping up in my mind around the burnout issue. And I thought, no, I can't be burnt out. So then one day I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed. So I was like, okay, what's going on here? And it just felt like, I I can't even describe it. It felt like someone had taken away the energy out of my body I had severe brain fog I couldn't even make viable decisions and it was a struggle for me to go out from the bedroom to the bathroom and I just thought what is going on I thought I had flu or something like that but it went on for for longer than what I thought you know should last I just couldn't shake it off and then um, I spoke to a few colleagues of mine And then I thought, well, I still got to push through. So I was using unhealthy habits to get my energy levels up. I was taking a lot of sugar, um, a lot of sweets, chocolate, anything that I thought would boost my energy. But instead of boosting my energy, I just felt worse. Um, Even caffeinated drinks, which I don't normally drink, I thought, well, let me have some of this because maybe this will work. No, it didn't. So... After a while, I noticed that my class numbers started to dwindle because I just felt I just felt disillusioned with the industry. I just felt really tired and exhausted. I cancelled my clients for my massage clinics and so many other things. And then um, the group instructor rang me up and she said, what's going on with your classes? Use your classes. You have high numbers. You know, your classes are packed, but you know, I've been seeing low numbers, what's happening? So I explained to her what I was feeling. She goes, hmm, maybe you need to rest a bit. And, you know, maybe you want to consider dropping some of your classes. And I thought, oh my goodness, if I drop the classes, then that's less income. So um, I did what she said. And then whilst I was kind of resting as much as I could, I came across a program. It was for weight loss. So I thought, well, let me learn this. Maybe it's something I could teach my clients. I went on the program and the guy who was teaching it, he was a past fitness instructor, but he'd now converted to become a nutritionist um, coach. So went on his course and one of his modules was around stress. And as he was going through this module of stress, he was talking about the signs and symptoms. And as he was going through all of them, I was like, hmm, that sounds familiar. Hmm, Not familiar for my clients, but familiar for me, the symptoms. And I was like, oh you know, tiredness, irritability, 
um, loss of appetite, weakness, all sorts of things. And I was like, and then at the bottom was these big, bold letters, big, bold word, burnout. And I was like, oh, no. And I thought, oh, my goodness, has it happened to me? And so I was like in denial. Um, and after that, I just kind of switched off. I didn't even remember what else he was covering on the course. And then at the end, he was talking about, you know, if you want to work with me and, you know, I've got this protocol that you can do that will help you re-energize and get back to your fitness levels and all sorts of things he was talking about. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Um, whoa, am I really suffering from burnout? So it took me a while to get to grips with this. And um, and then he, I remember him emailing me and saying, okay, you came on my course. Are you interested in doing the protocol? And I said, well, you covered all of these symptoms. I think I'm suffering from burnout. So we had a quick chat and he says, yeah, because he had also suffered from burnout as well. Mm-hmm. So I went on his protocol. Within two weeks, my energy levels came back. The brain fog disappeared. All the symptoms that I'd suffered with to do with stress just it was like dramatically vanished. So I was like, wow, there is something in this. And also to mention to you, Teresha, I had suffered with 20 years of depression between the age of 18 through to the age of 40. 40 was the age that I burnt out. And that depression had lifted. When I even searched for it in my mind, I was like searching for that feeling of low lowness. It was like, I just couldn't, I just couldn't find it. Amazing. And I was, I was thinking, wow, there's something to this. So I thought, how can I take this on board and use this for my clients, but not from the weight loss perspective, but from the stress perspective, because that's what my clients suffered with. So now that I had dropped my classes and I'd said bye-bye to my personal training clients, and I'd also had to close down two of my massage clinics as well. So I was only surviving on the, the income from one massage clinic. And I thought, well, let me pivot online, do nutrition and create some type of program around stress. So I did that. That helped in terms of me resting my body and not having to work 12 plus hour days. But mentally and emotionally, I was still busy in my mind. I was still clocking up 12 hour days. I was still like, how am I going to make the money? What am I going to do with my business, et cetera, et cetera. And as I was healing from the burnout, I was also healing past trauma. I'd suffered with a lot of racial trauma when I was younger, and that kept coming up for me as I was healing from this burnout and so many other things that I remember in 2018 that I was doing some work around emotional healing. And all I felt within my body was like it imploded. My heart was beating really fast. I had this severe headache and my legs were really weak and I felt breathless. And I thought, what is going on with me? Eventually, I just said to myself, right, either I've got to go to the doctors or I've got to go and get myself checked into A&E. So I said to my mum, I don't feel very well. She was lying down, reclined on the sofa. And as soon as I said that, she just shut up straight away. She looked at me puzzled. Because my family know that for me to say that I'm not well, there's got to be something serious. So she looked at me like, what do you mean you're not well? And I said, I think I'm going to go to A&E. I was like, oh, my goodness. So she quickly got herself ready and she came with me. Now, in the past, whenever I've taken my blood pressure, my blood pressure will be around, I don't know, 120, 125 over 70 something. Maximum be 130 over 80. When I got to hospital, it was around 190, 194 over 90. Wow. Now, the nurse who was admitting me was like, oh, my goodness, what's going on here? Okay, what else are you suffering with? So I said, I've got severe chest pains. I've got severe headache. I I just feel weak in my legs. I I just don't feel well. That's all I kept saying was that I just do not feel well. So it seemed that they fast-tracked me and I saw a doctor. And they were just doing every test under the sun. They were asking me so many questions. Um, After they had done their initial test, they were like, well, we don't know. We can't see anything because everything's coming back clear. 
we have to admit you into hospital so you can get further tests. I was like, oh my goodness, no. And the final blood pressure test that they took of me before they admitted me, my um, blood pressure came up as 201 over 107. Now, everyone was just looking at me like, oh my goodness, what is going on with you? Because the pressure was just kept going up, going up, going up, going up. Anyway, um, eventually after that, when I was in hospital, they did all the tests as well. I had severe hyperactivity with my thyroid. Um, my, my blood pressure was super high. I had no iron in me. I was severely anemic. They had to pump me with ferritin. And there were so many other things going on with my body. So when I came out of hospital, it was a case of, well, what are you going to do? Um, you know, I've still got to make money. <laughs> I can't just stop working. But I realized that my body needed to rest. So I just agreed to do a contract um, with a Pilates studio. So thankfully, he understood and he gave me time to get on my feet. And then I started just doing short hours working at the studio. But I had to stop my business for six months. And working at the studio gave me that time to rest my mind and rest my body and really think about how I was going to move forward. And it was through that rest period that I came up with my method called pause and breathe, which I'm sure I'll speak about later. But um, that's been my journey. And that's why I'm doing the work that I do now. (laughs) That is an incredible journey, because I can imagine the shock of how could this happen to me? Like, I'm the one who helps people with their health, I maybe should have managed or noticed the symptoms of it. But then suddenly it's, boom burnout I can personally relate with burnout because I have a HR background so in Mm. corporate working those long hours that seem to be the norm it's been normalized these long hours Mm. and it was a highly intense time I remember I was on a particular project and it was really stressful I was doing dealing with lots of third parties and so forth a lot of contract work lots of contracts and lots of different policies and procedures to look at it was blowing my mind and I felt really out of my comfort zone whilst doing it. Mm. These stress levels and anxiety that came upon me. Also, the late nights, being in the office to about eight o'clock at night, 8.30, 9 o'clock, going home, waking up, getting into the office early again to continue. My body said no. It got to the point where I just, like yourself, I could not get out of bed and I just felt so down and depressed so much so I went to the doctors and they signed me off work for at least four weeks Mm. because it was work-related stress and anxiety that I had so could I have managed the symptoms differently now with the knowledge that I have perhaps so because a lot of it is the people pleasing I think that some of us women many of us women as well have the tendency to do as a habit whereby we say yes 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 when Mm -hmm. there are ways to say no Mm. and say it or not yet but in a very assertive way that protects us and our health and our well-being Mm. so as part of your journey then what were some of the red flags that in hindsight you think aha if I had done that perhaps it would have prevented me getting to the point where your blood pressure was so sky high and so forth gosh yeah looking back um I mean, I did have symptoms leading up to the point where the the health crisis in 2018 happened. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's backtrack to the burnout. Did I notice any symptoms? The tiredness, for sure. Um, The the irritability, just the confusion of the stress of having to keep going, the pushing. Because I saw that in the industry everyone that I spoke to was in the same position. You know, we would just get in as many classes as we could because it was income, as many clients as we could because it was income. And at that time, it was a case of working according to the industry rather than working according to my knowing, according to my wisdom. And at that time, I didn't know how to tap into my wisdom or my instinct, my gut instinct or my intuition. I hadn't a clue. I just followed the pattern of the industry. And and other signs I would say is following and copying, again, what everyone else was doing. Yeah. Because it was a case of, 
right, well, if I do these type of classes, I'll get paid more mm. rather than do the type of classes that I was aligned to doing, which would feel less pressured. For example, maybe if I had taught um, low impact classes like stretching or maybe Pilates, that wouldn't have had such a, a heavy burden on my, my physicality. Yes. Um, you know, spacing out clients as well, rather than doing back to back, especially in my massage clinic. I used to work for from like, like on a Saturday, I could be working from 8am in the morning through to 7pm at night, you know, um, and I didn't have to work that way. Yeah. But because I was in such high demand, it was a case of like what you were saying, the people pleasing, you know, it was like, oh, people need me, they need help, it's a Saturday, they may not be able to come. And also the feeling of fear, the fear of missing out, the fear of loss. Well, if I say no to this client, maybe they won't come to me, maybe they'll go to someone else. Yeah. And all these insecurities that were, were one of my drivers mm. to keep me busy and to keep me in that place on that treadmill to keep me in that place of stress like I mentioned to you I, I was scared to even take a break take a holiday mm. you know and it wasn't so much because my clients said oh well we we don't want anyone covering yeah. it was a case of well if I stop then that's no money it means that when I go back to work and I'll have to work harder because you feel like you're catching up with yourself you know um and then having a holiday, it was a case of, oh my goodness, you know, if I do have a break and I, will I come back to my class? Will people have moved on? Will I have classes? Because, you know, there was a lot of, you know, people coming in, they're covering your class. The next thing you know, you go back and it's like, oh, we don't want that instructor now. We want this one. Yes. <laughs> so you've seen the habits and you've seen the, the patterns of behavior that yeah. keep us trapped, like you said, on that house or saying, oh, okay. So it's that fear of a loss. And I'm so pleased actually that you brought that up because when you were talking and you were talking about not following your intuition, but then being guided by fear mm. as well. So there seems to be a lot of fear-based behaviors and thoughts that perhaps trigger our own behaviors mm. that lead to symptoms like stress and anxiety. So from your experience then, how can we operate from a place of intuition is there any tools and techniques that you can share with us on how to really tap into that wow oh my goodness yeah how I learned this was how I came across utilizing and tapping into my intuition was when again I was learning during the um I would say the recovery area the healing area of my burnout because mm -hmm. It was a case of, okay, this is how I've been working, yeah. but it's not working for me. So how can I work at a lesser intense capacity, but still bring in an income and achieve my goals yeah. but in a healthier, aligned way? And it was through this learning that I came across a method called masculine and feminine creative energy mm -hmm. and realizing that we as humans, whether you're male, female, we both have these, um, these instincts in us to create. And it was a case of how am I creating? Am I creating from a place of masculine, which was the do, 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 mm. and achieve and push and, you know, set the goals, set the structures, things like that? Or am I working from a place of feminine creative energy, which was the receiving, the allowing, the the coasting, the going with the flow mm. um, and trusting your inner being, you know, and I, I didn't have any of that, Teresha. Yeah. I was totally in my masculine element from, from the get-go, yeah. but I didn't realise that. And so in me learning, I mean, I learned from different people and I thought when I heard about the feminine creative energy, some of the teachers were about, oh, yeah, you know, you just sit down, you meditate all day, <laughs> go and swim day. in the sea, <laughs> literally, go and swim in the sea, um, go for walks. And then when you come back to your desk, you'll have all these clients piling into you. I tried it for a while, but it wasn't the case. 
She's like, I can swim in my canal, maybe not the sea. <laughs> Go to the swimming pool and swim. <laughs> I went to the gym. Yeah. It was like I was living a life of leisure. Mm. But the clients and the business were not coming in. So I thought, well, this can't be right, you know. So I thought, oh, forget this. It's, it's, it's rubbish. Yeah. So I was still in my masculine. But then it was like, no, there's something in this, but there's, I need to I need to investigate more. So I was doing my own research, coming across different readings. And then when I heard it described like how I described it earlier, that the masculine creative energy, we need both. And we need both to, to work in harmony. So the masculine helps you to do, to do the creative side, create everything, say like in the form of business, setting your goals, how you're going to move towards the goals. And then the feminine is about having that space to be able to think, to be able to receive, to be able to really tune into your heart's desire. Because I, I, I hadn't, I didn't, I didn't know what my heart's desire was, Teresha. Yeah. You know, it was, I always went along with what other people were suggesting. I always went on with, well, she's doing that. So I might as well do it as well, yeah. because that's what I learned. Yeah. I learned to copy rather than just say, hold on a minute, Lynn, what is it that you want? Mm -hmm. Because I was never asked that in my, my whole of my life. I was never asked. Lillian, what is it that you want? I was always, I was always told what to do. Okay, yeah. So learning then to tune into my intuition. This is where I learned a lot of it after the health crisis in 2018, where I actually allowed myself to rest. Mm -hmm. Because we can't tap into our intuition or our feminine side when we're go, 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 or when we're in the midst of fear and stress. We just can't. It just shuts it down. And it's what I call the inner voice, that inner knowing, that small little voice that speaks to you on the inside mm. that says, no, don't do this, do that. Yeah. Or it says, it's like a little nudge. It's always coming up to you, maybe in the form of ideas or suggestions, mm. or it comes up to you in the form of suggestion or an idea. And then you'll either hear it repeated again through something that you read or through a conversation with someone or hearing it on television or radio. And you're just like, huh, what? Yeah. It's a bit like the, you know, go out and look for yellow cars type of scenario, mm -hmm. you know? And then you hear this same message everywhere that you look or go to. And then that's when I sort of felt, oh, hold on a minute. So maybe this is my intuition. Maybe this is what is telling me to do. And it was the same voice that I, when I learned about it, it was like, okay, so let me backtrack. Where in my life have I heard this voice and I've ignored it? Mm -hmm. Where in my life have I heard this voice and I've obeyed? Yeah. So when I started to look and backtrack on it, as they call, you know, connecting the dots, yes. that's when I got the revelation that, this is my intuition and this is the way that I should go. Okay. I absolutely love that and the way that you have tapped into the inner knowing that comes from having that connection and amplifying the feminine energy because I believe and because as part of my um, coaching program, I've got a program called Safe in Love Coaching Program mm. and it's a 12-week program that I take my clients on. And I work with women in this program and I help them to understand a bit more about their feminine energy. Because just like what you said, for so many reasons out there, we are heavily involved in our do, 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 do masculine energy. And as we said, we do need to have both energies and find a way to find harmony within those energies. But it's when the do, 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 do energy starts to rise above the, the feminine energy that we actually become more disempowered in our feminine energy so things like what you were saying in terms of people pleasing also anxiety mm -hmm. um perhaps not putting ourselves first and living in that survival mode mm -hmm. um which is you know, one of the the warning signs when you go back and think you know how often have i just been a people pleaser how often have i been in survival mode mm -hmm opposed to when have I allowed myself to 
receive, to be stillness, yeah. peace, rest. Mm-hmm. And I think the concept is, is that when you are in a feminine energy, that you're being submissive, mm. that you're being a doormat, mm-hmm. that you're going to be walking all over, that you're going to be a martyr or whatever that is. So people are like, oh, I don't want that. <laughs> That's not my portion. Thank you very much. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm strong. That's the thing about the feminine energy. It's a very strong, empowering energy if you know how to utilize it and amplify it as well. So you mentioned a bit, you briefly mentioned about pause and breathe. Now, would you say that your pause and breathe method um, allows people to be more in their feminine energy, which is a very empowering energy to be in? Absolutely, Teresha, because it was out of my, my time of rest that I learned to breathe. Mm. And it might sound silly to people and they think, well, what do you mean you learned to breathe? We breathe automatically. But the thing is, you mentioned about being in survival mode. Um, When you're in survival mode, you're not really breathing effectively. You know, we're breathing shallow or we're not breathing at all. We're holding our breath as we push through, which is one of the symptoms of stress. And not only was I not breathing during the day? I wasn't breathing well during the night as well. Mm -hmm. So when I learned to breathe in this period of rest, and and when I mean, I mean, really taking in deep breaths, really breathing in through my nose, breathing out through my mouth and just playing with my breath and just using the breath as a form of a healing Mm -hmm. for me. And I, and I realized that the more I was breathing, the more I could just sink deeper into my body. And the more I sank deeper into my body, the more I got in tune with my body and really listened to my body. And my body was just saying to me, this is how we're feeling. This is what's wrong. And, you know, we need more rest. And it was like my body was just sucking it up, yeah. you know. And I remember years when I was teaching, I, I would have. Even clients, people would say to me, you need to rest. And I'd be like, rest, what's that? Yeah, I've got to keep going because that's how I was brought up. Yeah. You know, don't be seen to stop and rest. Otherwise, that means you're being lazy yeah. or you're procrastinating. Exactly. So that was that was my, my train of thought. So when I now, it was like, okay, I've now got this excuse to rest, which is what I, I really needed. You know, oh, I've been in hospital so I need to rest. My blood pressure is high, so I need to rest. So I realized that I could use that as an excuse. But then I I thought to myself, why am I using this? Why do I have to have something as an excuse to rest? Yeah. Why can't I just rest? Because, because I'm human. So this is part of what I teach through the pause and breathe as well to the women who come on the sessions, because a lot of the women are in their masculine energy. A lot of them have been living as strong, independent women, as superwomen. A lot of them suffer with this superwoman syndrome where they don't even know. They're exhausted. They're burnt out. They're suffering with the effects of stress and they don't know how to stop, be still and to rest. So by me teaching this to them and, and even being an example to them, they're slowly allowing themselves tuning into their bodies and listening and saying oh my goodness Lillian what you covered or what you said yeah I can totally relate to it because I felt this I felt that and I'm gonna say to myself right I'm taking two hours off today and I'm just gonna rest whereas before they wouldn't have they would have been still feeling tired exhausted and, and beaten up but they would have felt oh it's because I'm weak Oh, it's because they would have just berated themselves Mm. and still pushed through. Yeah. But now they're coming, they're becoming more aware that it's okay. And it's not only okay, but it's safe for me to rest Mm. because we've got the judgmental and the critical voices that say, why are you resting? What's wrong with you? You know, who do you think you are? And that's not only our internal critic, but the external critic as well, yeah. because we, we're living in a world in a society that doesn't con- that doesn't you know accept rest. It only wants you to push and to survive and to live in that hustle and grind. 
Mm. But we're not designed to do that as human beings. No, we're not. So why do you think there is a, a misconception then about resting? What do you think that, why do you think that is? Because it, it, it hasn't been practiced in the Western world. Mm. If, we, if we move our focus to the Eastern world now, where even in parts of China, Thailand, you know, the Far East countries where they start their day with some type of rest, whether that's meditation, whether that's sitting and breathing, whether that's doing Tai Chi, whether that's doing some type of movement, stretching, feeling into their bodies, they wake their bodies up, they prepare their bodies for the day. And they even stop in the middle of their day and allow time for rest. They really go for it. That's what they practice from childhood. And if we look at our European brothers and sisters as well, like parts of Spain and maybe France and Italy, where siestas are built into the day, you know, they start early in the morning, they get on with their day. And as soon as the heat rises, it's like, okay, we're going to stop for two, three hours, even four hours. Mm. And they spend time in community. They spend time connecting with family, with friends, yeah. eating meals. They have long lunches and then they have a nap. Mm. You know, th this is, is their normal practice. Whereas when we come from the UK going over to the West more, it's like, it's the work hard ethic. Yeah. You've got to work hard from the time the sun rises through to the time sets and beyond that. Yeah. You know, so I think it's about how we've been learnt mm. in our culture. It's it's the it's the it's the voice of the culture that we've been brought up in as well. And I notice it as well that when I, I meet people who have lived in the Far East or in parts of Europe and even parts of Africa, that when they come and live in the UK, they get a bit confused and they're like, wow, is this what work is about? Is this what living is about? Mm. And they don't see the UK or America as living, but more in survival. Yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting. So the power of practice is something that could overcome some of those misconceptions. So how can we, uh, as a culture, I know you've got fantastic experts like yourself who are doing your best to drive home the message of the power of rest, the power of pausing and breathing. Is there anything that we can do as you know, corporations, businesses, in order to, to facilitate that process better? I think first and foremost, it starts with the individual. Mm. Um, we've got to take personal responsibility for our well-being. Mm -hmm. And not be afraid to speak up okay. when we're finding it hard. When I say it, the way of working or the way that our lifestyles are to speak up and say, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Because we are living in fear, a majority of people are living in fear and they're scared to speak up and say, I can't do this job in the way that I've been doing it anymore because I, it's making me sick. It's making me unwell. So it starts with us first and realizing and recognizing the symptoms because we're living in this body. Yeah. And if this body doesn't function well or it checks out, that's it. We're gone. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. so it's first and foremost, sitting down and asking yourself, how do I feel in my body right now? Yeah. Write down. This is the symptoms I'm feeling. This is the pain that I'm feeling. Mm. Um, this is how I'm feeling. And then say, how do I want to feel? Okay. Oh, I want more energy. I want to feel calmer. I want to feel brighter. Um, I want to feel happier. Mm. And then say, okay, so what is making me feel in the negative? Yeah. And what would I need to do to feel more in the positive? It might just be one thing. Yeah. It might just be okay, I need to drink more water during the day. Mm -hmm. It could be, right, instead of me staying at my computer and eating my lunch, I just need to shut down work, have my hour's lunch, maybe go out for a walk and get some daylight in my eyes. Mm. It's just small steps that we need to take in order to move ourselves yeah. towards living a life, for what I call living 
from calm rest. And then from there, we share it with another person. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we share it with our employers and our our corporations and our businesses and our community. Mm -hmm. Because when we start being the example, that's when people will notice and say, oh, there's something different about you. Yes. Not sure what it is. What is it? And then we can speak from a place of conviction rather than a place of, well, we should be doing this, we should be doing that. But if we're not practicing it, then that's it's it's not really going to sit well with people, especially with corporations who, you know, at the end of the day, their bottom line is, no, where's the profit in this? If I allow you more time to rest, is this going to make you more productive? Is this going to bring you more profit? But when we can actually live and work from a place of rest and not stress Mm -hmm. and show that we can still be productive in a healthy way, show that we can still bring in profit and make our businesses profitable, then people are more likely to listen rather than, you know, do it from a place of, no, do do as I say rather than do as I am being. If that makes sense. It makes so much sense. And I completely resonate with that because I do believe that self-love, self-care is Mm self-responsibility. And it's that ripple effect that you've spoken about there. If you lead by example and people start to notice a change. I mean, I've seen some of the phenomenal testimonials that you've got from your pause and brief session. And you can see that change in the way that we behave does have a great impact and can lead to some fantastic results in the life and you're a happier person and simple techniques like breathing for example I know that I'm a shadow breather Mm. I know that I can often sit with my shoulders up in my neck just like Uncle Festa and I have to just lower it down and let everything circulate but those are some of my warning signs to say Teresha what is happening in your body right now how are you feeling what is causing you to be so tense and you know talking about some of these intense feelings and the breathing and so forth like that how can stress show up in our relationships because we've spoken about work here what's your experience of how stress can show up in relationships oh my goodness wow um (laughs) again if both individuals and I'm when we talk about relationships, I'm, sp- I'm thinking from a perspective of a love relationship. It's about where are both individuals coming from? Because you may have one individual who's got that go, go, go. You know, we must be doing everything and anything under the sun, you know, as a couple, for example. Or maybe as an individual, that person is just 100% in their masculine. They're just go, go, go. Whereas one person might be more in their feminine Mm. and might seem as being lazy. So there might be like a pull, you know, a a form of contention, um, strife even, you know, clashing. And one may say, well, you need to rest more. And the other may say, no, well, you need to stop being more lazy. (laughs) And that (laughs) that can create a misunderstanding and stress. Yeah. So it's about when couples come together, when two individuals come together, It's about agreeing and understanding, well, how is it that we want to live? How am I living as an individual? And how do we want to live as a couple? Mm. Because I see, I see, I hear it all the time, you know, because I work largely with women and they'll, they'll always say, Lillian, I wish I could bring my husband to you because he needs to rest. He needs to Mm de-stress. And I always say, when the time is right, he will seek the help mm-hmm. because we can't force things on people. And even though we know, oh my goodness, this is good. This is good for me. I love it. But the other person may not be ready to be, like I said previously, you know, when I was in my masculine and, you know, doing my business and working and seeing all my clients and people saying to me, you need to rest. I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> you yeah. know, it wasn't until I came to the place I came to with the health crisis. I was like, okay. And sometimes we need to learn it the hard way. So it's about realizing where we're coming from as individuals Hmm. and how is it that we want to live together as a couple? 
that makes so much sense. And like you were saying, if we can lead by example in a relationship, so your partner sees that you're taking that moment out of the day to breathe. Oh, I'm mm. going to attend one of Lillian's pause and breathe sessions and I'm going to take those you notes know, at 20 minutes or so for myself. Then I might think, oh, okay, so how can I fill my time in that similar way? What have you learned? Sometimes it raises curiosity. Mm. It's a shame sometimes because it will only get to the point where some people have the symptoms and they haven't managed the cause. Mm. And that's some, this is why we get into the situations where thereby we're going to the doctor, we're having time out, you know, we're having to sometimes go on medication or seek some other type of alternative therapy in order to manage the symptoms. Mm. But it's this is incorporating, this is a daily practice, it's a habit to yes. incorporate. And would you say that there is um, any, is there a best time? I mean, breathing is something, I guess, you know, if you can do that technique throughout the day, fantastic. But is there a best time to practice that rest? Definitely first thing in the morning before you get going, even if it's for five minutes, just waking up, sitting up in bed or sitting um, up in a chair and just breathing, just getting in connection with your breathing, just breathing on purpose, breathing in through your nose, out your mouth and really listening and tuning into your body from top of your head down to your feet and just thinking, how am I feeling today? And being honest with yourself. And maybe even asking, what is it that my body needs right now? Because that's something we don't ask ourselves. Because it's our body that's going to take us to do the work that we want to do throughout the day. And it's and what if, it truly needs, not as in it needs a chocolate biscuit. It's like, it's, what's going exactly. to nourish my body right now? <laughs> exactly. Because your body could be saying, oh, I could do some caffeine right now. I'm exactly. really tired. But no, that's an emotional side. Yeah. We want to really tune into our body. Again, we covered it, intuition. Yes. What is it that our body really needs? Mm -hmm. And then just leaving your room. And this is what I always say, even to, I, I've worked with women who, you know, have five children mm -hmm. and a couple, let me share this because we were talking about relationships earlier, a couple who I, um, I coached and they were, you know, one was changing his job and the other lady was changing her job. She was working nights and he was working nights. And they were like, well, what are we going to do? Because who's going to look after the kids? And there's so much going on. And they were like, ah. So I gave them one or two um, directions to follow. And they were like, okay. What I realized is this was um, the wife was saying, I need what I need, she was expressing what it was that she needed. And she'd never done that before. Okay. She expressed, I need help. I need support. This is all the feminine. Mm. I need help. I need support. I need time out. I would like to do this with the kids, but I feel tired. I would like, you know, and there was this guilt going on as well. Yeah. And then the husband expressed what he needed. Well, I would like to spend more time with you. I would like to do this. I would like us as a family to do this as well. Yeah. But it always seems that you're busy or you're tired. And it was finding out how they could find that harmony, that equilibrium. And then it was expressing to the children, mm. well, this is what we've noticed going on. We always all seem to be busy, but we never come together as a family and enjoy good quality time. And they expressed, the children expressed as well. So when they, when they communicated their needs, yeah. which is very key, then they were able to find that happy harmony. The stress dramatically dropped, yeah. you know, and then they were able to each do their individual things without feeling guilty. Mm. But then having those moments of coming together, yeah. having those moments of either spending time alone with each other that the mum and dad were able to have their quality date time as well, which they were struggling with. And so many beautiful things came out of it just because they became honest. And it all started with how am I truly feeling? It all came with connecting with their well-being. Yeah. And you know what? That's a really powerful question because when you can connect with how am I truly feeling right now and feel safe, 
and mm. also that you can communicate those needs to your partner. And this is often what I find when it comes to relationship coaching is the communication piece that falls down because people are expecting their partners to either be mind readers in that situation or they just haven't expressed their needs and needs can change over time as well. So what you needed a week ago or a year ago might be completely different. But we have to express those needs. Again, our bodies are changing. No, there might be a different need. A partner might become unwell for example in that relationship dynamic yeah what do we need in that way and Mm. men listening to this podcast as well it's okay to be in that supportive feminine energy as well Mm. because we said it's all energy it's nothing to do with gender at all energy that you're Mm. bringing so how can you support your partner more from that soft caring aspect it doesn't make you a quote-unquote weak man by doing Mm. that whatsoever so let's lose the stigmas on it but I think that's really key what you said there that question of you know how am I truly feeling today and if I am in a relationship how can I communicate my needs to another person Mm. to my partner and how can we do our best to meet those needs because if we can make sure that they're reasonable as well reasonable needs as well every day I want you to you know feed me grapes in the morning massage me massage me before I go to work every single day um it might actually be that might be reasonable but for some people it's not so reasonable (laughs) to do that so thank you what I would like to do is just ask you a little bit more about your personal experiences Mm. um past present whatever it may be when it comes to relationships and how you would describe those experiences my goodness uh my past relationships were really really took on the the um concept of me being in my masculine because I like I mentioned I was I I just was drifted along in this this concept of being a strong black woman Mm. um so everything I did was from a place of control I've got to be in control I've got to make things happen so going into relationships even though the men that I I did connect with were strong they were strong in their own masculine energy as well but they didn't quite know how to support me They thought they did, they did at the start, but when we got into the relationship, it was a case of, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they kind of took a seat back because okay. I was just like in charge. And for me, it felt safer for me to be in control because I didn't trust anyone. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't trust them to take care of me. Um, so it was always a case of, right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make the suggestions of where we go on for a date. I'm going to, you know, okay, it's time for us to buy a house. I'm going to go out and look for a house. Um, and one example was this, when I <laughs> when I trusted my a previous boyfriend um, to because we were house, we were looking for a house. And at the time, um, I didn't have any time because I was working. So I couldn't take time off to go and look for property. And then my boyfriend at the time rang me up and he said, I found us somewhere and it's great. And I was like, okay. So he described it to me. When he described where it was, firstly, when he described where it was, it was like, oh my goodness, I don't want to live there. Yeah. I really don't. Um, And then when we went, he said, well, come on, come and have a look, come and have a look. So when we (laughs) went to look and I thought, what has he brought me to? <laughs> what has he done? And I was like, oh, my goodness. And the person that he had met, the estate agent and everything else, I just thought, well, who are you? Yeah. And no, I don't want to live here. <laughs> so he had to talk me around. Anyway, I it was a really rundown place which needed developing. And we had no money whatsoever, Teresha. Yeah. We had no money whatsoever I mean the day we actually moved into the house I could cry you know even at the thought again it was intuition I didn't listen to my intuition which said to me don't do it and not only did my intuition tell me not to do it my parents also said to me don't do it 
But I said, no, you know, because he's he's staying in, in this place, you know, he's not happy there. I felt like I was the rescuer. Mm. I was the saver. Yeah. So I was very much in a masculine. You know, I was one that had to save him, to rescue him, to save us as a couple, to prove mm -hmm. that we could make this work. Yeah. Yeah. And it just wore me down, Teresha. Mm. It wore me down mentally, physically, emotionally and spiritually that in the end, I, I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. I could not do it anymore. So in the end, I, I left the relationship yeah. um, and, um, and we had to sell the house. Um, and, and it was, yeah, it was a horrible breakup. Mm. Um, but out of that, I did learn. I did learn a few things. And it was a case of, okay, the next relationship I'm in, I really want to be supported. I really need to see that from um, my partner. I need to see him take the lead. I need to see him take the lead in terms of the support. And it's not a case of me being sort of lazy and crossing my arms and saying, okay, what can you do? But <laughs> me expressing my needs, yeah. which I didn't do in my previous um my previous relationships because I thought me expressing my needs was a form of weakness yeah because I had to be that strong independent woman yeah. you know mm -hmm. but um that's what I learned I don't know if I answered your question no <laughs> no that is a perfect um answer because it's your personal experience and being you know, speaking for myself being a black woman and what we see in terms of culture and being that strong independent black woman we can handle our own yeah. um, sometimes unfortunately it can appear as being quite forceful um quote unquote maybe aggressive at sometimes mm. you know yeah. some, some of the words that you hear out there the aggressive black woman mm. um, that sometimes you can hear but it's just a way of us expressing ourselves but then we also have to be in that period of allowing mm. so of course there are times where you know the feminine energy is about taking our hands off the control and allowing our partner to arrange those dates to arrange the holiday and so forth like that but then it's also a case of knowing when it is okay to step up and speak up and express mm. our needs because mm. that's the thing about the feminine energy and striking that balance in a relationship as well particularly if we have patterns of behavior because of what we've seen growing mm. up from other people our own personal experiences and as you said you've taken that experience and you've learned from it mm. so going forward then how will you do things differently <laughs> going forward I will definitely express my needs mm -hmm. and who I am as an individual authenticity because yeah because we can we can have different perceptions of people isn't it yeah you know um, and someone may see a certain, see me as a certain persona, yeah. but actually when I express, well, this is how I am, this is how I do things, how can we fit together? Mm -hmm. You know, they might be like, oh, okay, I never knew you were like that. And yes, okay, that's going to work or no, that's not going to work. Yeah. I'm more open now to, and I feel safe enough to express my needs yeah. and not that fear of, I want to be in a relationship because mm. you know I'm quite happy in my own company yes I do want a relationship but it's got to be a harmonized relationship that works for both of us mm -hmm. so not only will I express my needs and who I am but I'm also interested in my partner's needs as well mm -hmm. what is it that he needs what is it that he requires mm. and will we be a good fit together not only in the now, but as we go through, you know, will we be open to reviewing as we move through? And like you mentioned, we go through different stages in life. Things happen, things change, yeah. you know, and, and what do we do when we come across obstacles? Mm. How do we face them together? Absolutely. So these are the things that I would be, I'm more aware of now mm -hmm. and, Obviously, it's not just me, but I would also entail the help outside help and support from, from supportive, let me say this, supportive <laughs> friends and family, not ones who are just going to say things for the sake of saying, yeah. but also enroll the help of someone like yourself as a relationship coach and say, you know, because it's really good to, to 
you know, to tap in and get external help and support and say, where is it that we're kind of not meeting each other's needs and support? And, you know, where is it that I'm off track or he's off track and where can we come back together? Mm. Because we both don't know everything, but someone else could see from the outside perspective and say, oh, okay, I can see where you're possibly mismatching. Yeah. How can we bring you both back on track again? Yeah completely hear that and I do have several accountability calls with clients they're checking maybe once a month or however long it would be just to say how are we doing with that because it is that observer view that witnessing of the scenario because I often say like it's like being like a picture for example Mm. you can be in that picture but you can't see everything that's going on in that picture you need to witness what is happening and that's where an observer can come in supportive family and friends it could be a coach like myself to help witness that but you have dropped so many gems in terms of how you would do things differently because knowing what your values are as Mm. well going into it um, especially the dating experience and know who you are your authenticity because if you want somebody to care for you to love you to treat you well how well do you do that for yourself Mm. And yeah. also to other people who might not be that, because you have to live those personal values too. Exactly. But you have dropped so many gems there. And for everybody listening, I would say, I hope that you're taking notes because <laughs> <laughs> Lillian's explanation there was just so good. And it's a key takeaway, I would say. So on the topic of relationships, I do like to ask my guests, What's your personal definition of love? How do you define love in your own words? <laughs> That's a huge... It's loaded. I know. It it's is a loaded. Big one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and there's yes. no right or wrong answer because it's all just about... Oh, my goodness. How would I describe love? It's more than a feeling. It's more than a fuzzy feeling. You know, we look for that fuzzy feeling and the goose pimples and stuff. Oh, I'm in love. No, that's not enough. <laughs> love. Love for me is unconditional. Mm. Um, first, starting with the self. Yeah. Accepting yourself for who you are. And loving yourself unconditionally as well. Flaws and all. Mm. Just being readily and wholly accepting of yourself. And that's something I had to learn over time was accept things that I saw in myself as weaknesses yeah. that I don't see as weaknesses now. I just see them as part of who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, areas that I, I elevated as strengths, you know, that were were really burdening on me yeah. that I was just like, you know what? I don't need that. I'm just going to let that go. And I'm just going to be, be me. Mm-hmm. I'm happy being me, who I am, not based on what others have said, but who I've uncovered myself to be. So firstly, it's starting with that unconditional love for myself. And then unconditional love for others, because what we see in ourselves, we see in other people, Mm -hmm. we see it reflected in other people. So if we say, oh, I hate that person, or I hate that character in that person. Well, then what is it that we hate in ourselves? Because people are mirrors for us. And they're actually mirroring what we need to pay attention in ourselves. So having learning to to receive and not only receive, but accept unconditional love in individuals Mm. and not have a, well, this person must be this way type of scenario. Yeah. But just accept people for who they are. Yeah. And for me, that is the definition of love is, unconditional it's unconditional it's not based on rights or wrongs it must be this way it must be that way love just is oh it just is it's just the way of being it's just yeah there's no way to love it is just the way Mm. (laughs) of being yeah i love that personal definition it's uh like a non-judgmental approach Mm. as well to take you know yeah being non-judgmental of ourselves as well as you said fully and wholly accepting ourselves mm-hmm. as people and also accepting other people for how they are we might not necessarily like the behavior or what they're doing but they are people yeah, and yeah. we have a choice about how we respond to that and our our behaviors there 
So Lillian, I absolutely love that. I would also love for you to leave our listeners because I'm going to bring this conversation to a close right now. But I'd love for you to leave our listeners with one key message because you've dropped so many messages here. So <laughs> everything's key, but on this parting note, um, one key message to help them on their journey of love, life and relationships, whatever message you want to leave. One key message I would say is tap into and listen to your intuition, mm. listen to your gut. And the only way you can really listen to your gut and your intuition is getting to know your body, listen to your body, mm. because it's from your body that your intuition speaks. Mm. Um, and it's paying attention to that. Okay. And that can be the, the guiding light for you in your love, in your relationships, um, in any aspects, even in your work as well. And it's realizing that, mm, does that feel good? Does that align with me? Yes, no. And just following that mm. rather than listening to a lot of the external noise and the voices in the world. Yes, some may be right, but if you are listening to the voices, then it's got to back up what you are first listening to in your intuition. Mm lovely i hope everybody has listened to that key message there remember intuition pause and breathe <laughs> <laughs> lillian thank you so much i've really enjoyed thank you Teresa. whenever it's i listen to you and something new so i'm sure our listeners have learned so much from this conversation today how can they get in contact with you or hear more about your future activities so people can find out all that I'm doing on Linktree, my Linktree site, so www.linktree forward slash Lillian underscore Larty. Um, they can find me on social media, on Instagram, Lillian Larty underscore, on Facebook. My Facebook page is Lillian Larty Wellness Original. And they can find me on LinkedIn as well under Lillian Larty. Um, yeah. But if they go to my Linktree site, then they can find out. They can also find out details about my pause and breathe sessions that I run weekly for women. Sorry, men. <laughs> it's for, for women every week. We gather on Zoom on Wednesdays, 12 noon UK time, 8 p.m. UK time. And literally, we just pause and we breathe and we feel into our bodies and we rest. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely brilliant. <laughs> As you can tell there, Lillian is everywhere. So... <laughs> omnipresent <laughs> yes so what i will also do is i will drop the links to all of lillian's socials in the description of this podcast so please do check it out lillian again thank you so much for your time oh today. thank you Teresa. it's been a pleasure yes, thank you so much for joining and for everybody else you do make sure that you take great care of yourself and other people until next time all the best Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Now if you are motivated and encouraged after listening to this, please follow and subscribe to this podcast. Hey, and whilst you're there, go ahead and leave a five-star rating and add a review. We would love to hear what aha moments there were for you. And hey, you know that saying, sharing is caring. To tell your family and friends about this podcast too. Now, you can connect directly with Teresha at www.teresheyoung.com. You can also follow her across all social media platforms and you'll find her under Teresha Young. And there you'll be able to see what else she has to offer. So until next time, take great care of yourself and others too.